0: Welcome to today's discussion, Inside Homeland Security Education, sponsored by American Military University. Now here's your host, Scott Massioni. Welcome and thanks for joining us. My guest today is Dr. Kevin Harris, Program Director for Cybersecurity at American Military University. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate you for having me. First of all, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your background. You work in cybersecurity. You've been working with American Military University. Um, How did you end up in this spot?
1: Yeah, so I kind of transitioned from traditional IT path, and so served in different roles. Started out help desk, worked my way up system analyst, and then uh, served as role of a CIO. Um, mainly during m- most of my time, I was infrastructure, so service support, and then transitioned into um, training, and then that kind of led my kind of path over into higher ed. And so then I uh, worked for several different types of higher ed institutions. Um, public and private, um, online, traditional, HBCUs, um, so kind of a gambit of different institutions that I work with, and currently I'm the program director for uh, cybersecurity at American Military University.
0: So what was that CIO role like? Uh, You're kind of in charge of everything that has to do with technology. You're making policy for some sort of a a company. You know, what was your capacity in that sense?
1: Yep. So it was at a it was at at a um, institution, higher ed institution. And so um, everything from the administrative side, um, software, um, all the way to the residence halls, making sure that, you know, students were able to get access uh, to the Internet, um, make sure they're able to access their classes, as well as the uh, reviews and purchases of. Learning management systems and different SIS student information systems. So, yep, the policy side and making sure everything was up and running, and all of our uh, new uh, projects were online. So, it was really an exciting time. We did some um, new infrastructure and uh, building development at that time. So, it was, it was really fun, uh, really fun time.
0: And program director for cybersecurity, it's something you don't necessarily hear every day. How does that differ from a CIO role and how does that work into American Military University?
1: Yep. So basically it's making sure that our students are prepared to go into varying roles, uh, this particular role is in cyber. So making sure that they're prepared and the curriculum and the content that we have um, prepares them so that they're um, able to go in these roles to be uh, successful as they leave us and go forward with their future career.
0: So you're working curriculum, you're working a a little bit of policy, cyber hygiene, all those types of things, it sounds like. Yep. Great. Uh, So, you know, I wanted to kind of get into some of the real world examples that are going on. And one of those is something that happened very recently. Marriott had a breach of 500 million people uh, over over a four year period. Um, You know, what do you find most alarming about that? And, um, you know, is there an influx of these sorts of ransomware, malware, that type of uh, viruses that are are happening today?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things that surprises me um, continually is you see these uh, breaches in the news that you know, a lot of times the bigger the organization is, I think our comfort level that we have is that we're more comfortable with um, doing business and sharing information with larger corporations. And we're beginning to see that that's not always, um, you know, the best practice Say all organizations, whether it's small, medium, large, have the potential um, to uh, have a breach. Um, when you have a breach this large, of course, it affects a lot of users. And one of the most alarming thing I think that we see about some of these breaches More recently is the time period um, that the breaches occur so that, you know, in this one, you know, it's over uh, several years of when the uh, breach happened. And so I think that's one of the most alarming thing. And I think from the educational standpoint, it kind of underscores the need to have more individuals that are in this space that are trained to recognize these breaches.
0: How concerned should people be as individuals? Because it seems like every, especially around the holiday season, every time you go to a website, they want your email address and your birthday and, you know, whatever. How careful should we be in sharing this information? And how do you go about being a regular consumer um, when you have to enter this information, right? Yep.
1: Um, Just me personally, what I try to do is... uh, I'm very selective of the sites that I go to and do purchases with so that, you know, that limits my exposure. Um, And also um, I try to um, limit um, what resources or which cards that I use online so that in the event that I did have a breach, um, I'm not using my debit card that has uh, the majority of funds in it. So that it's certain things that we can do as users of these sites to make sure that we limit our risk and our exposure that if something does Does happen that they don't have everything. And if someone is asking for large amounts of information, even apps that we download to our phone, sometimes there's been an app that I thought was really neat and I wanted to use, but it just asked for entirely too many permissions. And I just uh, made the decision not to um, install that app.
0: And what's, you know, you're sort of in charge of these types of cybersecurity things for AMU, looking at at making sure students can go out into the real world and uh, make the policy decisions that make these companies not get attacked or or be able to find intrusions. What's going on with these companies that they're not able to find these intrusions, that they're not doing enough uh, searching within their own networks and, and those types of issues?
1: I mean, I think it's just one of the things with the tech sector that's uh, just one of the challenges and barriers is that things are constantly changing, constantly evolving, so that it's just difficult to Keep track. Um, companies have a limited amount of resources and a lot of times even funding some of these resources. Um, I always joked when I was in different roles um, that when you ask for funding to support infrastructure, a lot of times the question comes up of what has happened and it's not nothing has happened. A lot of times it's more difficult to make that case. Um, it's kind of like um, changing out the plumbing in your house. Um, it's something that needs to be done. Uh, but no one can see it. So a lot of times it looks um, more glamorous to change out the faucets and the sinks because that's what everybody sees, but you still have that underlying issue that you need to address. And so I think it's a lot of times the organization is the resource problem.
0: And what are the most common areas of being attacked at this point? Um, How are these companies getting uh, breached and and what's happening when that, when that actually happens.
1: Yep, and a lot of times, I think what we see a lot of times on TV shows is, you know, it's an elaborate uh, plot that somebody's hacking in from the outside, um, right. but that's not always the case. Um, that A lot of times it's um, a user that has clicked on something or a software update that hasn't occurred. So these are less glamorous. Maybe they're um, phishing attacks. There's some type of social um, engineering attacks that happen. And so it's some of the less technical ones, and those a lot of times are... Companies can address those through training, and so I think the training piece is something that organizations should continue to look at and evolve just to make sure that they're um, training their users um, so that every user in the company can uh, be, if you will, a cybersecurity expert just on their own um,
0: product. Well, we're going to take a uh, quick break. My guest today is Dr. Kevin Harris. He's the program director for cybersecurity at American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, on the future of cybersecurity, sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network.
2: American Military University has long been a respected provider of higher education to the intelligence community, and today they're leading the way with innovative doctoral programs in global security and strategic intelligence, attracting professionals rising to the top of their fields. Doctoral applications are now being accepted for January, and AMU's affordable bachelor's and master's programs start monthly to fit your schedule. Visit amuonline.com to get started. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV.
0: Welcome back to The Future of Cybersecurity, sponsored by American Military University on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. My guest today is Dr. Kevin Harris, Program Director for Cybersecurity at American Military University, and I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni. Kevin, we were just talking about your work uh, and and some of the cyber intrusions, so I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit about uh, what may be happening in 2019. So, you know, what are some of your predictions for 2019? Where are we going to be seeing uh, things going as, as far as intrusions, as far as legislation, uh, that the whole gambit, because cyber touches everything at this point. So we're, we're we're coming out of the year of
1: that. I like to say is ransomware year is that um, we had so many of these attacks or information was held hostage and data's Held hostage. I think that's going to continue, but I think we're also going to see, unfortunately, a trend in different areas, um, whether they're wearable devices, um, implantable devices, which are a huge issue in healthcare. You know, we've got conveniences now that our healthcare professionals can monitor patients um, in um, a location at a hospital or facility, but also once that Um, patient goes home, they're still able to continually monitor them and in certain cases even make adjustments such as with insulin pumps while that patient's not um, in the hospital. But it also increases the potential for um, another risk to be there that if someone was able to um, breach these devices and uh, raise or lower um, um, some of the trends, or not the trends, if they were able to raise or lower some of the monitoring numbers on these devices that could really be a life or death situation for an individual. So that's going to be something I think we're going to grow to um, have to address in the future. And when we talk about life or death, um, when we talk about cyber breaches, we're going to see this also with autonomous vehicles as autonomous vehicles become uh, more um, prevalent on the increase You know, what are going to be some of the potential issues that we see with autonomous vehicles if someone was able to gain advantage of an autonomous vehicle or even changing the speed um, that the vehicle recognizes. So I think as we go into 2019 and beyond, these are going to be some of the issues that we're going to see and how it's legislated is going to be different. It's going to be an issue. We're going to have to try to find out um, a middle ground that we want to have this innovation there, but also provide um, consumers and um, organizations alike, some protections. Um, we've already seen um, the GDPR um, right. um, take advantage of um, the GDPR, which has been implemented to provide some of these protections. And then we're starting to see legislation here in the U.S. in different states um, that are rising not to that level of GDPR, but also it's going to be legislation. And so is this going to be on state level or, or national level, that we're able to address it. So we're going to see, I think, a lot of those questions answered in the upcoming year.
0: Would you mind going into the GDPR? Because I don't I don't know that everyone is that familiar with it. I'm I'm certainly not. So, uh, you know, I understand that it's a, a certain amount of restrictions on cyber and uh, cybersecurity and and. Res- companies have to provide a certain amount of uh, privacy, right?
1: Yeah. So, and the big thing is if the companies don't, um, and this um, companies as GDPR is for the European Union, and if companies don't um, meet the qualifications that are there, the restrictions that are set there, there are hefty penalties that can be leveraged in those companies. Um, so I think that's one of the things that once the legislation is there, the enforcement and What are the potential penalties that companies could see if they um, don't do the things that they're legislators to do? I think that's the big thing with any legislation is if it doesn't happen, then what are... Um, you know, what are the repercussions? And in this case, with the GDPR, it's uh, huge repercussions.
0: Cyber is an area where there's high demand in, uh, for workforce. The, the government's competing, the private sector is competing. There's an influx of intrusions in a lot of companies now. What sort of expertise areas are they missing, uh, in employment opportunities that they might be missing that could help with this cybersecurity issue? I think there's a lot of
1: uh, positions that can be looked at that will help with this area. I think in particular, if we're looking at cybersecurity, I think there's a lot that can be looked at. In particular, uh, cybersecurity specialists, um, infrastructure architects, security analysts, um, cybersecurity managers um, that kind of help pull all that together. But I think even a step further than that for small to medium-sized companies, they may not even have a individual um, that his or her um, job description is particular cyber. It may be a network administrator or just the IT guy or girl um, in that, um, that role. Um, they want to, let me um, back up a little bit, that, that, that they may not have an okay. IT individual that, is, that that's their particular role But that that skills of cyber is very important. So I think that not only looking at focusing on titles that have cyber or security in there, but making sure that all the individuals in the organization um, have um, cyber skills if they're in technical skill.
0: Right. Because, I mean, if you're a medium sized company, not everyone has the ability to or the resources to have a whole swath of of cyber experts to look into your networks or things like that. Right. Um, so so what sort of skills might be missing to uh, deter some of these these cyber attacks? What might people or companies need that they may not have from people?
1: Yeah, I think in these skill sets, when we're talking about protecting from cyber attacks, networking skills are always important and valuable because you always um, have data that's transversing some type of network, whether it's a wireless network or wired network, internal across a wide area network having that individual to make sure that the uh, router or firewall um, switches are configured properly, that skill set's always going to be valuable. Other skill sets, um, information on system security, making sure that the design of systems and that the infrastructure that's designed properly from day one, those skill sets are important. Um, Other skills that are sometimes left out are some of the soft skills that it's important to be able to sell um, these new technologies and new ideas to some of the other business functional units so being able to interact um, on a business level those skills are important uh, project management skills um, are important in addition to you know your traditional cyber skills of being able to um, detect threats and respond to threats I think the, someone that has a combination of these skill sets is a great individual
0: Well, we're going to take one more quick break. My guest today is Dr. Kevin Harris. He's the program director for cybersecurity at American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, on The Future of Cybersecurity, sponsored by American Military University, on Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Welcome back to The Future of Cybersecurity, sponsored by American Military University, on Federal News Radio, part of Federal News Network. My guest today is Dr. Kevin Harris, the program director for cybersecurity at American Military University. And I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni. So we, we were talking a little bit about the skills gap at this point uh, in in history and um, education obviously something extremely important for that so would you remind us a little bit of, of what you do and how that fits into the broader education of, of cybersecurity
1: yep so um, what what I do at American military university is like you said I'm the program director for cybersecurity so I really um, work with our faculty members and I work with our um, internal teams to make sure that the curriculum that we offer in the program is uh, flexible, engaging, uh, making sure that the content that in the courses meet the needs that we work to identify with our advisory committee to make sure that it's what, our, um, what the organizations are needing in the field. So we're constantly looking to make updates, making sure that our faculty have the tools that they need to do, making sure That the faculty has the tools they need to do their job with, making sure the students um, are able to um, be provided a quality product.
0: So going. Off of that, the obviously these students are getting certificates, they're getting degrees and things. Why are those degrees so important to people that want to get into cybersecurity or, or those certificates?
1: Yep. I think one of the uh, most positive things that we can see about a higher education um, degree or degrees and certificates um, that we have, whether they're on the bachelor's level, master's level, is that individuals do not just gain the understanding of the skill set, but they also have this uh, theoretical understanding of what's behind it. So they not only know the um, they do why they're doing it, but that they not only know the technical skills, but they also understand why they're doing something. So I think that's important that if you have somebody that's well-rounded that takes that a step further and they understand not only what their role is in organization, but how that role helps that organization grow. So that's one of the larger values that I think that um, students have um, gain from getting a degree is not only the skill set, but also that understanding of how it fits in with the business or the
0: organization that they work with. So cybersecurity is so new. It it really spans all of the different departments. So how do people stay relevant in the jobs that they have now, and how can they stay vigilant also?
1: Yeah, I think with this uh, cyber being so relatively new, the question comes up, if I'm in IT already, such as you mentioned, am I still in this, um, cyber role? And the question that I would like to, I mean, the answer to that, I would like to say that, um, you are, if you've um, been in a traditional role in it, those roles have been securing information and have been protecting systems, um, in a traditional path. So even though the job title may not include cyber, you have other roles that have carried out this function and are continuing to carry out this function. Um, Programmers um, designing, developing, maintaining uh, programs um, in a secure manner, um, cyber protections. Um, Our network administrators and system administrators are working to protect uh, both data at rest and data in motion um, for organizations. And so they're protecting these digital assets that organizations have. So that's important uh, protection. Um, Database administrators, making sure that that data at rest, it is protected. The access, um, the integrity of the databases um, are at the highest level. So those positions, again, um, are uh, cyber protectors. Um, If you're looking at whether um, physical security, um, and physical security in some organizations also report through the CIO. So that's actually protecting whether it's access to Um, a building, access to a campus or facilities, Um, all of those roles are protecting information, access to the server room. So whether they're your cameras or your biometrics, all those fall under uh, physical protection. So, um, you know, those are cyber protectors as well. Um, The physical um, protections there also may include some analysis that we might see some law enforcement agencies um, look at um, digital forensics is an area of if infinite breach happens of identifying information that's there. Sometimes, um, that's an additional role that has been there. Um, infrastructure, infrastructure design, infrastructure architects, those are all cyber protections, protecting the digital assets that an organization has. So I think that, you know, a lot of times it's easy to say that, Hey, a job requires cyber to be a protector, but that's not the case. There's a lot of other um, avenues that we can go into that uh, protect digital assets and protect the organization's uh, vital infrastructure just as much as those job titles that do have cyber. So I just want to make sure that that's included as well.
0: And and you've been in the cyber realm for a number of years now. How have you seen your role change to include these, these people and to uh, sort of adapt as well?
1: Yep. I've always joked. There was a colleague of mine that I work with um, when I first started in IT and he used to have this quote, he'd say, let's do it in the name of science. Mm -hmm. And so that was his way of trying to say, let's try to be innovative. Let's try out um, a new software package. And that was great then. Um, At this point, you know, you really have to tamper that. Let's do it, as he would say, um, in the name of science for even from the very initial idea of a new system or a new program. It has to be developed with security in mind. So mm-hmm. I think that's one of the big differences. As I kind of progressed through my past and went on to be an IT director, you know, those, those questions would a lot of times that would be, um, you know, questions that I would bring up, you know, of what is this going to do to protect our assets? What's the risk that we're looking at? And it almost, um, you know, you look at yourself as going from, um, looking at how to implement some of these new technologies and then role of CIO, that was probably the question that I brought up the most because I always joked I didn't want to be on the front page of the newspaper in the morning, um, but to say what is our risk of changing systems? What's our risk from staying with this um, system? Um, and so those are the questions that I think have changed over time in IT and now we're in the cyber world, where um, cyber is our buzzword. But I think overall, it's not only can we provide service, but also how can we provide the service um, in a way that all the assets are protected. So I think that that's probably the evolution that has happened is um, providing service in a secure manner. And I think this is continues into this role now with uh, a program director is looking at how we can prepare students to not only deliver um, services across uh, a network or uh, technology infrastructure that we, that is designed in the organization, but how can they do it in a secure manner? So I think that's kind of some of the transition that's happening.
0: All right. It's a part of life now. Kevin Harris, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: All right. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it.
0: Dr. Kevin Harris is the Program Director for Cybersecurity at American Military University. I'm your moderator, Scott Massioni, and you're listening to Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. For more on this discussion, visit federalnewsnetwork.com and search Academic Insights. Listen to the entire discussion of Inside Homeland Security Education, sponsored by American Military University. Go to Federal News Network, search AMU.
2: American Military University has long been a respected provider of higher education to the intelligence community, and today they're leading the way with innovative doctoral programs in global security and strategic intelligence, attracting professionals rising to the top of their fields. Doctoral applications are now being accepted for January, and AMU's affordable bachelor's and master's programs start monthly to fit your schedule. Visit amuonline.com to get started. AMU is part of American Public University System, which is certified to operate by CHEV.